You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, good morning and welcome to Inside Twins. We're getting all the all the good topics out of the way early here on Inside Twins. Our program, of course, is brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated how memories are created and legends are made. We have a legend in our midst. We are we're very pleased to welcome into the studio today the president of the Minnesota Twins, Mr. Dave St. Peter. And uh, as you, I think you fiddling with the knobs. Try the other one there. And uh, does it work? I'm here, Chris. You're how here, are you, man. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, it is obviously an exciting time. I think the weather got us all geeked up the last couple of days. Really felt like yeah. summer. But we now have a little tread off the tire in terms of getting people into your building under incredibly unique and challenging circumstances. So let's lead with that. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I want to look at it from two fronts, the unforeseen challenges and then the newly discovered opportunities. So let's start with just the basic state of how it has gone for the staff here in the ballpark and your interactions with the fans and what your feedback you're getting from, from ticket holders as to the the new version of the Target Field experience. Well, Chris, it's great to be with you first and foremost. And, and I think that's one of the things that gets lost a little bit is staff back in the building. You know, uh, you know when, when we play a game here today, we'll have upwards of 1,000 people working this game. And uh, those are people that didn't work games a year ago. And uh, this has been a reunion of sorts for them as well as the fans. Um, you know, things have gone well. Um, you know, we have worked really diligently with the governor's office and the Minnesota Department of Health and all the pro sports teams in town to compare notes, to think about how we can deliver the target field experience in a very COVID-friendly way. And the pods of uh, seating pods of twos and fours and the cashless environment and mobile ticketing um, and all of that has been... Um, you know, thought about for a long time, but the beauty of it is our fans have adapted to it. It hasn't taken long. I've actually heard from fans, dedicated fans, who have come to me and say, hey, as much as I love this ballpark sold out, I actually like it better at 25% capacity because there's shorter lines. You know, you can move throughout the facility a little bit easier. Look, I've had to assure those fans <laughs> we're going back to full capacity as soon as possible. But, you know, it's been good. We survey our fans after after every game. And all of those data points to tell us that people feel safe, they're happy to be back in the ballpark, and uh, and they're looking forward to coming more often over the course of the season. And the one thing I've noticed is, and it hasn't happened every game, but that buzz that you get in a big moment of a baseball game. And I was curious, having spent all of last year in an empty ballpark, would that buzz be there at 9,000? Did it need a higher threshold? And I would argue that when things have been exciting, I go back to the Jay Happ game, the buzz is there at this level so far. There's no doubt about it. And uh, I think that's the single biggest difference, I would say, to last year is that ambient noise that a crowd makes. And uh, I think at times you just took that for granted, right? Even yeah. with a smallish crowd, 
it's there. And we saw it in spring training, Chris. We heard it in spring yeah. training. And, uh, no, the fans have been great. I, I think that people obviously have been, you know, frustrated and disappointed with the way we've played the first month of the season. But coming back home here Friday night, great weather. The bats got going. Uh, you mentioned the Jay Happ game. We've had some moments, and uh, I think people are excited to see this team uh, play out uh, the course of the 2021 season. And we're hopeful that the numbers are going to go up in terms of not just the numbers in the in the victory column, but the number of fans we can have here in the ballpark. Well, that's that's our next point. You joined Danny and I the first game in spring training, and at that point we were still waiting to get the go-ahead to open the doors here at Target Field. That obviously has happened. Uh, that ongoing work now in terms of potentially – an ascendant number of folks who can come through the door? Yeah, we are in a ongoing conversation with the governor's office and the Department of Health. Um, we really don't know anything definitively. I think we're very hopeful that we're going to get some news here in the in the next week or two, Chris, that, that's going to be informative about how we can continue to evolve the target field experience, hopefully uh, upwards of 50% capacity and, and ultimately with the goal of getting to 100% capacity at some point during the 2021 season. So I would just uh, urge fans to stay patient. Uh, we will work to, to communicate with them uh, ASAP in terms of how we can get more people into this ballpark, and we know we can do it safely. In terms of the people that are in the ballpark, season ticket holders have been so loyal through this whole yeah. process, and obviously they're going to be near the front of the line. I got a note from a friend who was at the ballpark who said he was here as part of a healthcare heroes program. He was a frontline worker who had been into the ballpark through that venue. Uh, so different types of folks have come into the ballpark, but I would also think demand for these tickets now <laughs> is probably higher than it's ever been simply because of the old axiom that there aren't as many to go around. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, particularly the weekend games. Uh, you know, I think yesterday was a good example. We could have sold 40,000 seats to yesterday's mm -hmm. game easily, and uh, we could only sell 10,000. So um, I think you're going to see that again today. Um, the midweek games, um, there are seats available. I'll say for the Texas games here the next four days, the haven't been to a ball game. Uh, you, come on down. You're going to be able to get a ticket. Kyle Gibson uh, on Tuesday. Come 100%. On down so we can welcome Kyle back. But, uh, uh, yeah, there's no question there's heavy demand. And um, I think that's another point that we're trying to make to the governor's office and the Department of Health is a lot of people are looking to have some form of return to normalcy. Uh, we believe we can do it safe. Let's allow those folks to get back into the ballpark. Dave St. Peter, president of the Minnesota Twins, our guest here on Inside Twins. Again, Twins and Royals coming up with Barrios versus Keller, a series on the mount, uh, or on the line. I, I want to go back to something you mentioned about a cashless ballpark. You've talked before about these reverse ATMs. Explain what the reverse ATM is. Well, a reverse ATM is for those of you that might uh, not uh, uh, carry a credit card. You know, you, you might have cash, and uh, um, you would walk up with a $20 bill into a, a reverse ATM, and you'd put that in there, and what you'd get back out of there is a is a card that can be used at concession stands uh, to, to pay for a beer, pay for a beverage, pay for a, a hot dog. So it's just, it's just the opposite of a traditional ATM where you plug in a credit card or a debit card, and you get cash out. Um, the good news is, Chris, those are in the ballpark, but we're not seeing a lot of usage of those. Uh, I think people over the course of COVID – have become accustomed to going to their favorite uh, restaurant or or spot uh, for takeout, whatever, and, uh, uh, and and using a credit card or debit card. And that's just you know younger people in particular are are not carrying cash. So this was something we were looking at anyway. Um, we think it, it ultimately will speed transactions over the long haul, allow us to get more throughput, so to speak. 
and uh, but the adaption has been uh, off the charts good. Opening day, we had some some longer lines than we would have liked. We had some uh, some technical issues, but from that point forward, I think that service uh, quotient has been back to the standard that we'd like to see here at Target Field. You mentioned that was something you were headed towards anyway, and I think that's a bigger issue here. Um, COVID has caused a reevaluation of how business is done, but that sort of reevaluation is a constant process anyway this is almost maybe more of a catalyst to push people a little further along the lines have you found other things that you maybe were forced to find ways to do that will work long term yeah i think the cleanliness of the facility is one we've always been proud of the way target field shows up we think it's always been a clean facility but we've now doubled and tripled down on that i think that's here to stay uh, certainly mobile ticketing's here to stay. Uh, cashless environment's here to stay. One thing that I don't think is here to stay is the bag policy. We're hopeful of actually relaxing the bag policy a little bit and getting back to a point where people can bring in uh, a little bit bigger bag. We recognize we have less than perfect weather at times in the months of April and even into May, and maybe somebody wants to bring a blanket or bring a jacket, and they want to put it into a bag. If you remember right, we've outlawed backpacks in the ba- in the past, but we've allowed some other bags. We'd like to actually get back to that, and that's something we're working with Major League Baseball on with the hopes that we can modify that policy for our fans uh, in the relatively near future. I would guess you hear about that one a lot. I mean, you're a we, pretty accessible guy to fans. Yeah. I would guess that is, a, is pretty we do hear from a lot, and I think it's, you know, again, we, we have always allowed bags uh, of some type uh, at, at the ballpark dating back to the Metrodome, even to have, have fans bring in some level of food, um, and that's something that we'd like to get back to. We think it differentiates our f- experience, and it's uh, it's the type of accessibility that we think is important to our fans. That's the voice of President Dave St. Peter. This is Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more with President Dave St. Peter on Inside Twins next on your home for Twins Baseball. The show is Inside Twins. Chris Atterbury with President Dave St. Peter. It works better when I turn the microphone on. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. We've talked a lot about uh, the changing experience at Target Field and how that continues to be an ascendant situation. And as the weather continues to warm, the team plays better, ideally hoping to get more bodies in this uh, in this ballpark. But Dave, the Twins as an organization, and you in particular, you, you don't just think about getting people into this ballpark. It's about all of downtown Minneapolis. Downtown Minneapolis has had a rough go of it uh, between uh, situations uh, that are COVID-related and other things that have happened in our community that we're still working through and will continue to work through. How is that end of things in terms of people uh, feeling comfortable and safe uh, to turn this back into the vibrant downtown that it was and can be again. Well, Chris, we appreciate the um, the role that, that, that the Twins can play and will play relative to that. You know, um, Target Field was located where it was because we embraced the idea of an urban ballpark. And um, over the course of the last 11 years, 12 years now, that Target Field has thrived because it's an urban ballpark. So, um, you know, over the course of the last year, there's been so many things that have happened around that have made downtown Minneapolis a less thriving place. The number one thing is just the lack of employees day in and day out working downtown, and it's impacted bars, restaurants, the lack of major events. So this year when we've opened up and brought 10,000 fans at a time, um, we think it's a big deal. We know it's a big deal. We're seeing bars and restaurants reopen because of it. 
Um, and again, um, we take that very seriously. We've worked really diligently with all kinds of different law enforcement agencies, with the downtown council, with the downtown improvement district, um, with Metro Transit, all aimed at ensuring we can return fans to Target Field and they know their driveway to driveway experience is going to be a safe one. And again, the survey results that, 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 uh, that we see uh, demonstrate that people do feel safe. Upwards of 95% of respondents have said, hey, I felt safe parking, walking to the facility. All of these things that, again, we should take for granted. But over the course of the last year, I think that there's been some perceptions and maybe some realities that have made people question that. Um, we tend to think about it. We're doing it 10,000 people at a time. We're hopeful over time additional venues will re reopen. We think additional businesses will return employees. And uh, that's critically important, not just for the Twins, but it's critically important to the state of Minnesota. A healthy downtown Minneapolis uh, uh, is, is of the benefit of everybody in our state. And uh, the Twins are playing a small role. Our fans are playing a small role in helping us get back to some level of normalcy in our downtown. And in addition to getting people downtown for ball games, Target Field has also hosted other events, whether they be concerts, whether it be a football game. I know the Winter Classic was on the docket. What is the status of those events that may have been on the schedule for this year that probably won't be able to happen this year but potentially could still come to downtown Minneapolis? Yeah, we've had a couple concerts that were on the books here in, in 2022. Green Day uh, uh, was going to play a concert here as well as Guns N' Roses. Um, those two shows will probably both be shifted to 2022. Um, we're looking at dates right now in conjunction with our 2022 baseball schedule, which is um, which is in the works. Uh, I like and, this image of you and Axel sitting across the table from one yeah, another, exactly, like passing exactly. ideas back and forth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, that's an image I'm, I'm, I, I can't <laughs> imagine, Chris. But uh, and then in terms of the Winter Classic, uh, we we have an ongoing dialogue with the Wild and um, and the National Hockey League about that event. So still fairly optimistic that there's a path for us to host the Winter Classic with the Wild here, hopefully uh, January 1 of 2022. Nothing official yet. Um, going back to the data, Chris, that we looked at on the surveys, and this is also important to concerts and Winter Classic, is upwards of about you know uh, 50 uh, to 60 percent of the fans that are coming to these games, it's their first trip into downtown Minneapolis um, in at least six months, in many cases, nine to 12 months. So, you know, uh, the role that Target Field plays in, 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 in re-energizing our downtown and bringing people back, whether it be for Twins Baseball or eventually these other events, is absolutely critical. You mentioned the data, and I think it's, it's critical information that you're gathering. What has been the biggest surprise coming out of the data to you? Because I think you could you could rightfully assume that when people turn on the news and they see, you know, guys with machine guns on top of the courthouse because of an ongoing trial, that, okay, maybe some people are going to have a misperception about safety. That's something we need to address. But is there something that, that caught you out of left field? No, I, I think, you know, the, the numbers have been so strong, I think, across the board around COVID, um, uh, around public safety that, uh, you know, I just think our fans have – you know, a couple things. One, our fans have been uh, uh, starved for getting back out, getting back to the ballpark. Uh, we're still dealing with limited capacity. So, you know, I think the experience that it sits today, um, you know, there are some people that wouldn't be comfortable that aren't coming to games. We recognize that. We're sensitive to that. But I think that the early returns all point to a safe environment, both inside the ballpark, outside the ballpark, and uh, a tremendous amount of appreciation for being back 
at Target Field to enjoy, like yesterday, a beautiful Saturday afternoon watching their hometown team. And I'm not sure that's surprising, but I can tell you it's just reassuring to see fans show up and uh, have the type of experience that they're having. Uh, I think it tells us that um, that we can do this and better days lie ahead. All right, well said. That's Dave St. Peter. This is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. We've got one more segment with Dave, and we'll do that when we return on your home for Twins Baseball. Final segment here of Inside Twins. It's another full full uh, Sunday of programming. If you're with us here in the metro area, you had Twins Today with Derek Wetmore. Uh, first year of that program with all sorts of great guests. Inside Twins now with President Dave St. Peter. We'll follow with our pregame lineup card. Going to check in with Alex Hassan, uh, as we always do on Sundays. Uh, and an exciting week ahead for Alex and his crew in the minor leagues. And then, of course, baseball, Jose Barrios versus Brad Keller series on the line. And, Dave, let's talk about baseball in the minor leagues because that's a big part of the baseball world that, that's been missing. And that was a gaping hole last year because baseball organizations we only see the big league teams sometimes they're built on development all those kids who couldn't play last year have to be through the roof right now with the chance to put on a uniform whether it's in st paul wichita cedar rapids or fort myers chris i I couldn't agree with you more this is a huge week not just for the players but for so many uh, coaches for managers for training staff video staff uh, for our organization i can tell you we are giddy about the start of a new minor league season. It's been a long time coming. There's going to be a lot of focus on the St. Paul Saints, rightfully so, opening as our AAA affiliate, but we're launching a new relationship in Wichita. which Brand we're new ballpark. Absolutely thrilled about uh, in terms of the wind surge. Uh, and, of course, we're going to continue relationships both in Cedar Rapids and in Fort Myers. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. A lot of these players have not, you know, as you said, played in a game or this type of atmosphere for a long time. Um, which players will thrive on that? Will, will there be more offense or, or pitching? Will, will it dominate? Those are all questions we don't really know. The good news is the development path will now once again continue. And, and, and over time, organizations such as the Minnesota Twins have relied on that development path for, for our success. So having that back up and running is uh, is a huge thing, not just for the Twins, for our industry, but for so many communities across the nation that have relied on that minor league baseball. We're, we're absolutely uh, uh, excited uh, about the start of a new season. Yeah, it's the lifeblood development of a major league club. And from an organizational standpoint, and I know you're very close to this, take, for example, our friends in Cedar Rapids having to go a full year with that community-run ballpark and, and organization without a product to put out. That's tough sledding, and they've they've come up with all sorts of creative means around the minor leagues, but for them to be able to throw their doors open again is a big deal. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's really, in some ways, the beauty of minor league baseball is what it delivers in terms of bringing community together in all of these uh, markets, but also, frankly, what it does from an economic impact perspective. It's also one of the, the misnomers of the reimagined minor leagues is everybody talks about the contraction. But in so many of those markets, really, uh, in almost all of them where there was a, a viable path, um, there is baseball being played. Elizabethan is a great example. They're going to have an elite uh, college wood bat league playing right there in Elizabethan. So, and that's vital to the city of Elizabethan. So I feel good about where baseball landed uh, uh, in terms of this reimagined minor leagues. Obviously, it benefited the Twins. But I think over time it was the right thing to do, and I, I think overall baseball across the, the minor league spectrum is, is going to be uh, stronger for it. 
Is there one of the, the tweaks and experiments rule-wise in the minor leagues that you are going to be most zeroed in on to see how it plays out? Well, I you know, I love the bigger bases, personally. I think that uh, is smart. I also think they're going to be safer for players. Uh, and then I'm going to watch the shifts. I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what comes of uh, the shifts, uh, both in terms of, you know, offense, in terms of, uh, how hitters react, uh, uh, but also how you know how it impacts you know the defensive side of the ball. But I think it's great. I think those are exactly what the type of partnership we should have with the minor leagues to be able to experiment with that, to try to find ways to uh, to improve our game and and to have real data to back up some of those findings. You're becoming such a data guy. I love it. I love. Well, it. that's Derek <laughs> Felvey's yeah, influence. His on influence me. on you. I see <laughs> that. Uh, one last note with you, Dave, uh, and we'll end on on this one. The Saints released their uniform. Forms. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Those those are on fire. Well, I, you know, the, the easy thing for me to, to say would be the, the, the powder blue mm. throwbacks that, that look like our powder blues. Um, I, you know, and I, uh, I love the fact that the St. Saint Paul Saints paid off the city of St. Paul flag. And brought some uh, brought some of that yellow in, mm-hmm. and there's a navy secondary uh, jersey that I absolutely love. That uh, I'm gonna have to pick uh, pick one of those up, and uh, and proudly wear over to the Saints uh, home opener on May 11th. Uh, we right. can't wait to get be there that night at CHS Field. It is going to be absolutely electric. Maybe they'll let you bring the pig out. You know, I, I think the pig. There's there's bigger people. There's better people to bring the pig out. I haven't heard the new name. What's the new name? I have not pig? heard that. That's the big reveal here. I, I I will tell you this. Working there for a long time and then still being in the market, my suggestion has never once even been remotely considered. Well, you know, I, nor 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 have I mind. <laughs> uh, I am hopeful that the pig will make a target field debut at some point. There's an ongoing negotiation with the Saints over that topic. So, at some point, we'll let you know. Maybe the pig can be a guest here on Inside Twins. I would like that. I will. It would probably clean up the studio. Actually, <laughs> Dave, great to have you in here. Uh, great to hear kind of how things are trending, and we'll uh, we'll certainly be keeping track of all of those issues throughout the course of the year, and hopefully winning a ball game here today. All right, Chris. Good to be with you. That's Dave St. Peter inside Twins. The pregame lineup card next on your home for Twins baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.